The parables of Luke chapter 15 through a family lens. Let's get started. Welcome, Abbaology Insiders. I'm Jake Stringer, your host and founder of the Abbaology Movement. The purpose of Abbaology is to transition people from judicial, legal, fear-based, and courtroom concepts of God into a loving, familial experience of Him. This is your home for free Abbaology content. Check out Abbaology.net for more, including an eight-minute-long detailed month-by-month breakdown of our Insider Intensive, which is a six-month, one-subject-per-month Bible school taking place inside of a closed Facebook group that begins August 10th. I'm going to assume that you're hungry, that you're ready, and you don't want me to hold back. So let's journey from theology to Abbaology together. Luke chapter 15, let's talk about these three parables, or as some people believe, it's one parable told in three different ways by Jesus. I want to start in Luke 15, verse 2. It says, And the Pharisees and scribes murmured, saying, This man receives sinners and eats with them. And he spake this parable unto them, saying, What man of you, having a hundred sheep, look at that phrase, having a hundred sheep, So the one that's about to go lost already belonged in the fold. That's a key point. It's not as if there were only 99 that he started with and then he needed 100. So then he went and got one that didn't originally belong and added it to the 99. It says, which man of you having a 100 sheep? So... When we step into an Abbaology revelation, we're going to step into an original belonging revelation. A lot of us were handed a gospel that begins at original rejection and original separation, original guilt, original sin. You know, that doctrine was made popular by a man named Augustine. You should study out the doctrine of original sin and St. Augustine and Anselm. In our Bible school that's starting on August 10th, we have a whole month on your origin, and we go into this stuff in greater detail. But once you shake that belief in original guilt, separation, and sin, you begin to see original belonging all over the scriptures. This is what's so amazing about this journey that we're on and why the scriptures continue to be useful and relevant because they, your lens, you begin to see new things depending on the revelation you have at that time. You know, Jesus said that the church or the ecclesia would be built on the revelation of that Peter had just had, which was that Jesus was the anointed one. So our lives, actually revelation, things being revealed to us progressively, by Holy Spirit is actually, it's what this whole thing is built on. Now, I know until I was 27, I would probably say I didn't think I had ever had a revelation from the Holy Spirit. It was, you know, just lectures every week, and I'm not saying that's bad, but revelation is exciting. Revelation causes you to grow. It increases your joy. It increases your security. Because revelation is defined within God's essence, which is love. 
Okay, so it says, What man of you having a hundred sheep, if he lose one of them, does not leave the ninety and nine in the wilderness and go after that which is lost until he finds it? I've used this illustration before, but what happens when you lose your cell phone? You lose your mind also (laughs) trying to find the cell phone because it's so important to you. When that cell phone becomes lost, it doesn't decrease in value. If anything, it increases in its perceived value. And then you will, will put forth all the effort you can to find it until you find it. And then you rejoice when you find it. But the reason it's lost is because it was already your cell phone. So which man of you having a hundred sheep wouldn't go after the one that was lost? So that one that was lost belonged in the fold originally, okay? Original belonging. We're reframing a new familial paradigm that results in security and joy. Thank you, Jesus. When he comes home, he calls together his friends and neighbors, saying unto them, Rejoice with me, for I have found my sheep which was lost." I say unto you that likewise joy shall be in heaven over one sinner that repents, more than over ninety and nine just persons which need no repentance. So when I had just a heaven and hell paradigm, meaning everything, every every message I ever heard uh, came through this lens of heaven and hell. So then what happens is when you see words like repentance, or believe, or no man comes to the Father. We equate those, because of our paradigm, we equate all those words and phrases to mean we'll go to heaven after they die. So when we see the phrase, no man comes to the Father except through me, we think nobody makes it to heaven unless they receive Jesus into their heart. Because we are actually translating the scriptures to fit our paradigm. So, This says that, likewise, there shall be joy in heaven when one sinner repents. That word means has a change of mind. And maybe right now, you're having a change of mind as you see that phrase, maybe for the first time, which one of you having a hundred sheep. So, I I want to share with you, I'm here not to make you believe like I do, but to potentially challenge you, or if you're already on this journey, confirm the journey that you're on, the things that Abba and Holy Spirit and Jesus are showing you that you belonged originally. So in verse 8, here again, this is probably the same parable, just in three different scenarios. It says, either what woman having ten pieces of silver... If she lose one piece, does not light a candle and sweep the house and seek diligently till she finds it. And when she has found it, she calls her friends and her neighbors, saying, Rejoice with me, for I have found the peach with I, which I had lost. Likewise, I say unto you, there is joy in the presence of angels over one sinner that repents. And then, of course, we get to the prodigal son. And he said, a certain man, here's the word, had Okay, so the shepherd had a hundred sheep, the woman had ten coins, and the man had two sons. In other words, their belonging predated 
their lostness. Okay? So it says that heaven, and that is true for you, okay? Your belonging is your origin. Your origin is one of belonging and wantedness. You may have gone astray. Let me say it this way. In Ecclesiastes 7.29, I believe, it says that man is born upright, but is drawn away by many devices. So we are born belonging, upright, wanted, and a lot of us are then inserted into systems that teach us ideas or devices, deceptions like guilt, separation, unwantedness, nastiness, you're a stench in the nostrils of God, because religion always starts us at a place of deficit and then presents itself as the answer to our deficit. But the gospel is different than that. This is why we have to repent, change our mind. See, heaven rejoices over one sinner that repents. That word sin, hamartia, it means to miss the mark. I think sin is an, it, listen, I don't want to be dogmatic about it. One way that I believe is very helpful to understand sin is a mistaken identity. Okay, so think of that verse. Imagine it says this. Heaven rejoices over one person with a mistaken identity who changes their mind. So heaven rejoices when one person, maybe that person's you, I know it was me, changes their mind from believing we come from separation, guilt, and unwantedness to, to realizing, to repenting, changing our mind, and we have the awakening to our true origin of wantedness and belonging. As Jesus is, so are we. He comes from wantedness and belonging. He's not only showing us exactly what the Father's like, he's showing us what we're like. He's showing us where we come from. Remember, he said to the unrepentant Pharisees even before the cross, and he quoted Isaiah, and he said, doesn't it say in your own scriptures? Look, I love that he said in your scriptures. <laughs> the law and the prophets are the Jewish scriptures. Can we learn from them? Yes. But they were for the Jewish people. And he says, doesn't it say in your own scriptures, know ye not, ye are gods, with the lowercase g. So, and the blasphemy, among other things, that they accused him of was making himself equal with God. So the same thing happens now when we, uh, the religious establishment, and I'm, I don't want to paint with a broad brush, but when you start making yourself equal with Jesus, you're, you're not uh, the one by whom all things are made. You're not saying you're God but we're equal with him in terms of our origin, our wantedness, our belonging, our wisdom, our security, our innovations, all of these things that Jesus has, we're equal with that. We're not trying to become like Jesus. We're awakening that we are like him and that the Father is also like him and that we are, uh, the shepherd already had a hundred and one got lost. So lostness is a thinking term most of the time. It's not a birth term. You're not born lost. 
if you look at children, they believe they're connected to God by default. What makes them lost is when we raise them in Sunday school. (laughs) I don't mean that. I mean when they're exposed to those teachings of separation and guilt and then during their formative years. So from zero to 12, our brains are being formed. Uh, There's a psychological term called the law of first truths. So this is why my wife and I are really making an effort to to tell our children things we know they're going to hear later from others. We're telling them the truth about them now because they'll their first truth is what we tend to cling to. This is why it's so hard for people that were taught separation and an angry God when they were kids to transition away from it because your mind attaches to that first truth. So I know it's a journey out of those devices, but remember, if you're hearing this, you were born upright, but then you were drawn away by many devices and you were part of the hundred that originally belonged. You were one of the ten coins that were already inside the house and treasured. And you were one of the two sons already in the house. We could go much longer on this. This is such a deep concept. But I just encourage you to read, put your Abbaology lenses on and read through the Gospels. Read through Even when you see Jesus say the phrase, our Father, remember that's before the cross. The cross didn't make God being our Father possible. Jesus was trying to reveal that God is everyone's Father or origin even before the cross for all time. We just couldn't see it. There's a veil. And then the law of Moses, a legalistic way of relating to God where he's a judge and you're a defendant, is a veil that has to be removed so that we can see the truth that we've always been his. I hope that blessed you. Check out abbaology.net. It's live. Consider joining the Bible school. It'll just be more and more of awesome stuff like this in a Facebook community closed where you'll be able to journey with other people stepping into the same stuff. It's so exciting. See you guys. 